0: Five AA mornings
1: with Graham Gooding's
2: twenty-six to twelve five AA on a Monday morning. It's time for our state today. The topic is good dogs have bad days, <laughs> and joining me in the studio is David Parkin, chair of the Dog and Cat Management Board. And online we have Associate Professor Susan Hazel, board member for and University of Adelaide Academic with the School of Animal and Veterinary Sciences. And uh, welcome to you both. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Um, tell us the, the, the purpose of this campaign.
0: Um, well, the background is that the um, the the um, Dog and Cat Management Board is a, is a uh, child of both the local councils uh, and the state government. And... Um, the, the rules regarding uh, dog and cat management are already set by the state government in the Dog and Cat Management Act. And the arms and legs of uh, dog and cat uh, activities is run by local councils. We sit between the two. Our role is to uh, advise uh, the general public and councils on uh, responsible dog and cat management ownership and to advise the minister on... Uh, uh, recommended changes to the dog and cat management act and we run the register. So with that background the purpose of uh, of this campaign is that we have observed a an increase in the number of um, uh, dog attacks and dog bites in recent years uh, and uh, we wish to run a campaign uh, which uh, alerts the public to Um, the potential dangers of dogs uh, and the best way to uh, uh, minimise the the, uh, damage they can do. If you have a question regarding
2: uh, a dog, involvement in an attack or anything of the like, give us a call double 8223 0000. Uh, A question for Professor Hazel. Professor, what do you think about the Board's approach to this campaign?
3: I I think it's a a great approach. It's actually quite innovative around the world to have a, a media campaign to educate people about the risks of dog attacks and give some practical advice on how to reduce them. It's also essential because, as David has said, unfortunately we are seeing an increase in dog attacks, so we need to do everything that we can to try and reduce that.
2: David, an increase in dog attacks,
0: is there any specific reason for this? We can't identify the, the the statistics are are not as straightforward as you might think. Um, the most uh, relevant statistic we have is uh, attendance at hospitals for uh, di- for dog bites. Um, that. Uh, because that's a that's a fixed statistic, and that and that is right. That is rising, but there could be other reasons for it. It could be that people, rather than go to their local doctor, are, are more likely to attend in the hospitals. Um, um, and um, the other statistics we have, which are collected by local councils, are unreliable because um, a lot of things aren't reported. Uh, and uh, um, all we can go on is the hospital statistics. It is sufficiently concerning. Uh, for us to take some action, but it's a good thing to do anyway for the community.
2: There's no question that, uh, you know, we love our pets and in times of pressure and crisis, and you got a phone there, David. Take it. If you can just, uh, it to one side. Yeah, no problem. Uh, it'll cost you a cart and a beard. Not truly. Uh, yeah, with, with pets, you know, COVID and that it sort of highlights the fact that it's, yeah, having pets around, is a wonderful thing. They can calm you, they can reassure you and so forth. But we obviously have to remember that while they're our man's and woman's and people's best friend, uh, they're still animals, aren't they? They are.
0: And, uh, uh, the, um, look, uh, um People can't believe that their um, little pet, their their little Fido, could possibly attack anybody or bite anybody. uh, But the fact is that they can and they do. We don't know uh, what what dogs are really frightened of when they feel threatened. um, And it can be circumstances that we totally don't understand. My little dog is frightened of any drinking out of any bowl other than its own.
2: Really? Yep. And
0: so why? Who knows? Uh, but uh, if you can translate that to broader phobias, they could be anywhere, and so we have to be very careful of it. A
2: question to you, Professor Hazel. Uh, uh, what situations do we see dog bites occurring, and what are the causes? Yeah, great question.
3: Um, every single dog bite is, is a case of its own, so it depends on the the dog itself. It depends on the environment and the interactions in that environment. But there are some common themes. So dogs are, thankfully, the majority of dogs don't bite, and the majority of dogs are not psychopathic dogs. So the most common reason that they will bite is out of anxiety. Um, David's touched on that, talking about what dogs might be scared of. So a variety of reasons, if they haven't been socialised properly, they're more likely to be scared of lots of things. But a lot of dogs are scared of some things and it's important that we recognise those signs and give dogs space rather than crowding them in Um, and getting to know that the signs that dogs give... And if they escalate the sign, so dogs will give more subtle signs and something like a growl or a snap is actually right at the top of the ladder of what they'll show. So those signs we need to take very seriously.
2: So what are, other than growling and snarling, what should we look out for?
3: It varies a little bit between individual dogs, the same as if, if you watch 10 different people who are showing signs that they're nervous, they show different signs. But some of the the things they can show are lip licking, yawning, and some of those are really fleeting. You you need to be watching them closely to observe those. They'll often avert their gaze, so you see the whites of their eyes. They can lower their body posture, um, try and avoid things, depending on the, the dog. So a dog's tail up is not necessarily a sign that they're happy and if they're wagging. Um, but a dog's tail between their legs is a sign that they're nervous. So those are the kinds of things to look for, but also looking at the context that the dogs are showing them in. So are there fireworks? Is there something around that you know your dog is a little bit nervous of?
2: We're talking about the uh, Good Dogs Have Bad Days campaign. I'm sure you've got questions out there. If you had a dog or fearful of dogs, uh, give us a call. 822 0 is the number to ring. Uh, David, uh, back to you what why this campaign
0: what attracted the board to it well we have for a number of years run a campaign um, in schools for behaviour around, around dogs and, and it was fairly successful, it was pretty successful. Um, in, the, in the end, we decided to, to raise the horizon a bit and take the the uh, campaign beyond children and to the, to the general public because it, the children don't own the dogs, it's their parents that own the dogs and they need to be educated as well. Uh, and uh, although, as far as we know, this has never been done anywhere else in the world on this scale. Um, we are uh, confident that it will make a difference. Uh, and uh, we uh, we think it's a, uh, a good use of the funds that we have as a board. Has it been brought about by the rise in dog bites? Oh, I think that's probably brought it to our attention. But we have... Uh, no, we, we're always looking at ways to uh, better educate uh, the public, uh, to encourage uh, greater responsibility of dog and cat management ownership, and this is uh, one arm of what we're doing at the moment.
2: Back to you, Professor Hazel. Uh, what is the first line of attack, maybe not to attack, defence, about uh, people avoiding being bitten?
3: Uh, If if you don't own a dog, then it's not just walking up to a dog and patting them, and especially with young children, making sure that they don't. Not all dogs like that. Actually walking head-on towards a dog and then bending over them can be very threatening to some dogs. So making sure you don't do that. And then with your own dog, as I mentioned earlier, taking it seriously if they're growling or snapping. So I know of cases where families with children have had a dog it's actually bitten one of the children and they haven't done very much about it. So part of this campaign is increasing people's awareness and understanding that, you know, a serious attack might happen. And, and that's obviously disastrous for the person that gets attacked, but also pretty disastrous for the dog. So intervening early when you see those signs. Um, unfortunately, there's a whole lot of YouTube videos of dogs that are growling and snapping and people are laughing and not taking it seriously. We need to take that more seriously and the best way to do that is to really consult so with a, a veterinarian with knowledge of behaviour, with a, a good dog trainer that uses positive based methods in the training and not the aversive type ones that unfortunately we saw Caesar Milan promoting because if a dog is doing it mostly out of anxiety and then you do something which makes it even more anxious, it's like popping a cork on a, a top of a bottle, sooner or later it's going to pop.
2: David, what are the principal uh, messages from the campaign?
0: The principal messages, really, are uh, uh, be careful and be aware of the dangers and understand the way to approach dogs, uh, understand the way that you should uh, train your children to approach dogs.
2: If you have a question of David or Hazel, uh, Professor Hazel, give us a call, double o. we We'll take a break and be back shortly. Did you know that ancient Romans considered a large, noisy funeral to be a symbol of wealth? At Simplicity Funerals, we believe a funeral needn't cost the earth to mean the world. It pays to keep things simple. Simplicityfunerals.com.au
1: Adelaide Direct Stationers is more than just stationary. We're one of SA's largest suppliers of tech products, washroom products, PPE, workplace health and safety equipment, office furniture, food, snacks, beverages and much more. We have all your office and business needs in one place. With free next day delivery on orders over $50 plus same day two hour express delivery. Adelaide Direct Stationers, serving SA's largest businesses and a preferred government supplier. Visit adelaidedirectstationers.com.au
4: Ray White, big name in real estate, but also the biggest name in business broking. What makes us big? Our people, like Brett Buckley and his team. MBA, lecturer and multi-time SA Business Broker of the Year. Brett doesn't just read a P&L, he feels it. If you're selling or expanding your business, Brett can take your business apart and find you more money. And we're not talking small change. Go on, touch base with Brett. Search Ray White Business Sales SA. Hey everyone,
0: it's Adam Goods here, one of the National Tree Day ambassadors. National Tree Day is important for the country because those incredible native trees bring back our beautiful wildlife to our communities. It's an opportunity for us to learn from each other, to plant new natives into our community and understand the importance of planting trees. Join Planet Ark and Toyota this National Tree Day, Sunday 30th of July. Find out more at treeday.planetark.org. Ageism takes away my rights, the right to make my own decisions, be safe and be treated with dignity and respect. Sometimes people assume I can't do something because of my age. They exclude me and I feel invisible and sad. Ageism can lead to mistreatment, neglect and other forms of abuse. How do you treat the older people in your life? For more information, search SA Health Tackling Ageism, a message from the Government of South Australia.
4: We know how to turn on a light,
3: but sometimes we forget to turn them off once we're in another room. With clever and low-cost home automation from Cosco Energy Group, you'll never have to remember. And paired with clever solar, battery storage and air conditioning solutions, you could also save some serious dollars. Experience the solutions at the Cosco Energy Group's interactive
1: showroom, 336 South Road Croydon Park. K-O-Z-C-O, Cosco Energy Group. Cold mornings, a nice hot shower. If your hot water stops, give Ken a call. Ken Hall Plumbers, your local plumbers since 1983. Hot water replacement? Give Ken a call, (laughs) 8364-5855.
0: Graham Goodings on 5AA Mornings.
2: 13 to 12, 5AA, you're listening to Our State, 5AA Radio. Good Dogs Have Bad Days. It's a campaign to uh, really help us all adjust the fact that dogs, no matter how much you love them, can uh, can turn nasty at times and what you should do about it. Um, we have a caller, John at Suburban Park. John, go ahead.
1: Morning. Look, uh, j- just in regard to uh, dog training, and are there any uh, laws in regarding some of these dangerous dogs? Uh, I'll, I'll just tell quickly. Uh, we were on the beach a few months ago and a friend of ours had bought border collie there and got attacked by a, looked like a Staffy, American Staffy Cross. And the owner had no control over this thing. And, uh, um, anyway, we, we, the dog was taken off and then it was very unpleasant. I'm just wondering, are, are there laws in place to have these dogs properly trained? Because yes, you know, they're, they're very, very dangerous. They're, you know, they're hunting dogs.
0: David? Well, I'd actually pass that over to Susan, who is who, who knows a lot more about this than I do. Yeah, okay. Susan, go ahead.
3: Um, so, it's important with any dog attack to report it to council and yep. you've highlighted an important point. We've been focusing on dog attacks to people, but dog attacks to other animals, especially other dogs, are a significant problem as well. We've, we've done a little bit of research in that.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: so, when they're reported, the council will investigate them. And as, as part of that investigation, if orders are put on them, that can sometimes include appropriate training. Um, and it's important. And the, the training is of the person and of the dog. So getting to know the warning signs and ensuring that people are, are safe, people and dogs are, mm. are safe from that dog.
1: Yeah. I'm just wondering when we actually purchase one of these dogs, whether you you have to. Have training. It would be a good idea, I would have thought. <laughs> I B- could before you
3: registered. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. The, this incident was horrible because the, uh, the owner, you he, he Nicholas, he's a former TV guy, He uh, he's he had to pull the dog off, he's getting bitten, and then someone came out and punched him in the face, thinking that he was hurting the staff. It was just madness. Anyway. Um uh, you know, the, the the owner of this dog should not have had the dog off the leash. She shouldn't even have had the dog. She could not control it. This is this is the real problem. I mean, it's, it's a bit late after the event. That's what I'm saying.
2: Good on you, John. Uh, thanks for your call. Yes, that is certainly food for thought. Uh, David, if we could uh, get back to you and ask you a question. Um, what should you do if you're bitten by a dog or someone else's? Uh, obviously, you, you seek treatment, but uh, who do you report it to?
0: Well... I guess the, the seriousness of it uh, is, is, determines that to a certain extent, but you should, under any circumstances, uh, report it to your local council. They, they are the arms and legs on the ground in your, in your area for, um, for dog and cat management and, and uh, uh, they will could certainly will take the details down. They have the register uh, of of owned dogs and, uh, and uh, um, it should, in the first instance, be there. But if you're unfortunate enough to uh, have to go to, to hospital, the, the the statistics will come other ways, but the local council should know.
2: We have a text from Ian. Hi, GG. Are owners liable for the damage their dogs cause if they attack another dog or person? Vet bills, even damages... Or the death of an animal. Uh,
0: it's um, the answer is highly likely to be yes, but because it's a legal issue, it's it's never black and white. So each case is each, each on its, case is treated on its merits. Yeah. yeah. If you have a
2: question for David or uh, the professor, give us a call eight double two three double Professor. What does it get down to breeds? Are there more dog, some dogs that are more likely to bite than others?
3: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it's important to emphasise it's not just down to breeds. There, if you look at behaviour, there is as much variation between a breed, between individual dogs in a breed, as there are breeds. And as soon as we start blaming certain breeds, we we lose our focus on the fact that any dog can bite. It's really down to their socialisation, their training and how they're managed. So um, while they're, they're individual dogs and there may be breeds that their threshold to bite might be less, I actually have a little white Maltese Terrier and her threshold for biting is a lot lower than our Labrador, um, but we're very aware of it and we manage her. We need to look at every single dog and not emphasise the breeds.
2: Yeah, anecdotally, people will tell you it's more likely that a small dog will bite than a large dog. Is that the case?
3: I think it might be, but as a scientist, there's not a lot of evidence around that where studies have tried to look at different breeds. What they haven't been able to do, because often the data's not available, is that, say, most of the dogs in an area are Labradors, then you would expect that a lot of the bites would be Labradors because that's what most of the dogs are. So a lot of the studies that have looked at dogs haven't corrected for the numbers of that breed around. There is some genetic evidence that smaller dogs have a part of their, their genetics, which makes them a little bit more likely to be anxious. And as I said earlier, a lot of dog bites are related to anxiety. So there might be some reasons, but again, we shouldn't look too much at breeds and we need to remember as well that small dogs can still inflict pretty serious bites, especially to young children.
2: double 0000 is the number to ring and uh, Gay has found that number. Gay, go ahead.
4: Oh, hello. Um, now, I normally wouldn't call into the radio, but this topic's um, very close to me. October last year, my 14-year-old granddaughter took our little Maltese a Shih Tzu for a walk, 18 months old. And there was a two Daffy in a children's playground. Now, our little Shih Tzu didn't like other dogs, so she crossed the road and walked uh, at the dog on the other side of the road. One of the pit bulls... Uh, sorry, they were pit bulls. One of the pit bulls got off lead, was across the road, before my granddaughter had a chance to react. I'm grateful she couldn't pick up the dog. And um, there was another adult there. And within four seconds, um, my little dog was pinned down, crushing in injury, and died instantly, according to the vet. Now, I reported to the council the next day. Three months later, I still hadn't had any feedback from the council, the man that was walking the two pit bulls couldn't restrain them. It was his friend pit bull that attacked our dog. We were given um, his phone number and the owner's phone number. Handed all the information to the council. Dogs weren't registered in in the council area. Uh, privacy prevented them from using the phone numbers to find out where they lived. And eventually, I rang back several times. After three months, I went rang back and said, "What's the outcome?" Can't find them. There have been other reports in the area of these pit bulls, but nothing has been done about them. I said, What is the consequences when you find the dogs the dog that attacked our little dog? And they said it'll be a three hundred and I think seventy five dollar fine and they're asked to wear a muzzle, but we actually to be honest we can't police it. Now and a dangerous dog collar. And again we can't police it. I found this quite ludicrous. That our little dog went out for a walk we're doing the right things as a dog owner and didn't come home and there was no consequence and I, I, I really I don't agree that dangerous dogs should be allowed A in children's playgrounds and not restrained where they're safe for other dogs or other children.
2: Gay, okay, what council area is this?
4: Campbelltown
2: Campbelltown, yep okay, uh, thanks for your call David, do you have a comment on that?
0: Look, that's a tragic story, uh, and uh, uh, it upsets me to hear it. the The, um, the, the reaction uh, of the council saying that wasn't in their area, therefore it wasn't they didn't know how to trace the dog, is is cannot be the case because it's a, it's a statewide register. Um, the uh, again, you get it is definitely a, a legal offence under the Act uh, to uh, have a dog off leash and not under con- your control. Uh, and uh, I would have thought there were very um, uh, stringent legal uh, avenues that could have been followed, but I can't comment on that specific case. Um, On the subject of councils, are they having any part in this campaign, or would you like their involvement? Oh, we definitely have their involvement. Uh, Half my board is appointed by, by the local government association, uh, and the other half is by the by the Minister, so we have a very strong bond with our local councils uh, and uh, uh, we um, and the, the, the members' contribution that we get uh, uh, on the board is very very significant and they're definitely behind this campaign.
2: Susan times on the wing a question for you what is the key message you think people should take uh, to be safe around dogs? that any
3: dog can buy and to try to understand what the warning signs are and and try and and prevent them. It's a horrific story that we've heard and it emphasises how important this campaign is and if, if we can stop a number of these attacks, then that would be the best outcome that we could have.
2: Do you have a dog, by the way, Susan?
3: Yes, I have a um almost four year old little Maltese cross who I mentioned earlier. She's the snappy one, and I have a Labrador that's almost one year old
2: lovely thanks for that
0: David yeah I do. I have a lovely little King Charles cavalier spaniel.
2: Oh, I used to have a King Charles Spaniel yes, wonderful dogs. They are wonderful dogs. Not all that bright, but wonderful.
0: Well, they're, ve- they're very lovable, uh, but <laughs> the thing are. is, oh, from now on, there's no way I'm going to let little children pat it without me being there. Oh, really? Yeah. Even though I've never seen a problem, yeah. uh, I now know that what I see and feel is not necessarily the case.
2: Timely advice. David, <laughs> thank you so much. Thanks for coming today. Uh, Good dogs have bad days. A campaign is underway uh, to raise awareness about dogs. And we uh, were speaking with David Parkin and Associate Professor Susan Hazel. That's it for the day. Thank you so much for your company. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all again.